This is the Gifted Kid Complex, the show where the panelists were gifted kids who refused to move on with a satirical take on intellectual elitism by having the most tongue-in-cheek, inane, pedantic, and convoluted conversations every week. Introducing your host this episode, she's ambitious to the point of hubris, it's Shersi. I made a show! <laughs> Yay! And every other episode, her burnout is imminent. Your host is Tayasi. Hello. Uh, my burnout is indeed imminent. It has been imminent for the last year, and I'm not sure when that will become true, which is why it's a good tagline. So each panelist here today, and every episode, has experienced gifted kid syndrome growing up in some way. So, um, Taya, what's your role in the podcast? Uh, I'm a co-host. I will be writing episodes. Uh, but this is Cher's episode. Um, our first one, which is super, super (laughs) exciting. Uh, I'm super excited to see what Cher has in store for me, uh, to get my teeth into it a little bit. For sure. I'm reading, this is going to be, this is going to be a running joke. Um, reading, uh, history. (laughs) I'm reading history at uh, the University of Oxford. I guess a fun fact about me is that when I was uh, 11, I really wanted to be an astrophysicist and I wanted to be in the room when it happened. <laughs> what happened? Because I destroyed my eyes um, so I couldn't be an astronaut. So you know how every little kid wants to go to space, right? Every little kid wants to go to space. If you were a little kid, you wanted to go to space. Um, I was never that kid. That That's a lie. <laughs> I was like, no. Space has fun, but because I ruined my eyes, and I guess we'll get into the story of how I ended up in history eventually, but that's a fun fact. (laughs) I'm Sha. I am the creator and co-host. I also write, produce, and edit the episodes, and Taya does the same as well. So I read philosophy at UCL, otherwise known as University College London. Let's talk about why we're making a show. It's the first episode. We gotta gotta talk about that. We do. To explain what I was like academically as a kid, I was kind of like a jack of all trades, but it was like really fueled by my ADHD when I was in school. So I did well in the vast majority of my subjects. I broadly got like all A's, but particularly well in maths and science. I was not very good at languages though, including Mandarin, (laughs) even though I am Chinese. Um, at A-levels, I did philosophy, English lit, maths, and further maths. I do philosophy now, because I've always been, like, that kid who's always like, why? And trying to, like, <laughs> press deeper and, like, understand things at, like, a deeper level. It's giving personal statement. No, it is. But, like, I've really struggled with learning content by rote memorization. I know, like, some people can do it, and a lot of people get through the exams that way. I just can't. It's not like a, I would prefer to understand. It's just, like, I do not retain it otherwise. It was either really fun or really annoying for my teachers that I was like that. It makes a lot of sense as a result that I ended up in philosophy. It is strange to think that I ended up in a humanities subject because no one thought I would. Many of the episodes I've written are based in science trivia. Um, Although this one, this one, just to begin it, I didn't want to set the tone weird. So it's not about science. (gasps) That is surprising. I know. Well, philosophy is the most STEM subject of the humanities. I thought we were going to get into some science today. I was like, oh, my fun fact's going to be about astrophysics. We're just going to completely go against like the other. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go against the grain. We are launching this episode. And if you're listening to it, you probably see. um, We're launching this episode on either the 4th or 11th of July. I don't know. Um, we don't know. So whatever day you see this is the day it comes out. We're going to be launching this episode with two other episodes. So this is the first one. We have a, 
um, recorded the other two yet. But within that three episode launch, one of them I will be doing is Sciency. So yeah. yeah. And the other one is mine. So stay tuned for that. I'm so excited to see what's going to happen. I've got things cooking in the pot. Things cooking up up my sleeve. I'm not going to reveal anything at all. Yeah, no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. We already did a whole special episode spoiling. You can go find that. It is... It probably came out already. Yeah, it probably came out already. So you can go do that if you want. It was really fun. Cher talked about a lot of like, a lot of like meta behind the games, inspiration behind the games, like how we kind of put this podcast together or how Cher managed to put this podcast together in three days. (laughs) We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. It's giving ADHD is what it's giving. It really, it really is. (laughs) I hyperfixated for a second. All right. So let me like finish my little introduction about myself. You finish your introduction. I did and I still do a lot of the arts, but like the primary one has always been music for me, but I, I've dabbled in other creative disciplines. I've done graphic design for a Kickstarter project. Graphic design is your passion. Graphic design is your passion. <laughs> I've done some tattooing. I enjoyed doing, I enjoyed doing theater, theater, doing the drama and the theater. So like every art. Uh, like poetry, I've written a lot of poetry, not to be that person. Um, like creative writing, I've really enjoyed. I, I've also like enjoyed like drawing and stuff, but it's... So like every art? Yeah, like basically. <laughs> the ones that I've not done, and I, I'm, I'm serious, I've not done film and I've not really done textiles. Or like, yeah, well, dance also. I used to do dance, actually. Oh, there you go. I'm disabled now, um, so I can't anymore. So you're collecting them all like infinity stones. Yeah. <laughs> Art infinity stones. You're going to collect them all. You're going to get the ultimate gauntlet and just become the ultimate merge of like STEM and humanities. Um. So do you want to do you want to talk about your relationship with the arts, Taya? Um. So I did. I did at IB the international baccalaureate. N- no one, bruh. Uh, I don't know. I don't, do. I know how to spell baccalaureate. No, <laughs> it's a hard word to spell. Not sure. We'll find out. And I did at high level, I did history, I did English literature, and I also did music. So I've been playing music as long as I've been sentient. Um, I love it. I am down to get any recs from anyone. I guess like with the arts, I do a lot of dance in my spare time. Um, I do a lot of sound technology for theatre nowadays um, at uni, which is like actually really fun. I've been... You know, it's an area that I never really wanted to get into. I'm glad you're enjoying that. I know, it's weird because I was a very much a drama yeah. kid. And then I got rejected from like all my auditions when I moved to, when I moved schools. You know, I was 11 and I took it to heart. And um, I, I regret it because I feel like I would have loved, I would have loved, um, you know, acting, I guess. But no, those days are past. Oh yeah, for sure. Now I am behind the scenes and now I sit in the sound booth. I get a free show. I get a free show for no money at all, and all I have to do is press a few buttons. That is true, you do. I press a few buttons. Let's progress the show. Didn't you have like a quote of the day? I'm gonna do a word of the day. Ooh. All of the episodes that I've written, and I think Taya's gonna do something similar, that we're gonna have an overarching theme for our episodes that we write. Yeah. So my word of the day is prolegomenon. Prolegomenon. I think it's very topical. Cute word. So it's early 17th century via Latin from Greek. It's a passive present participle of prolegine as in say beforehand and like, you know, pro as in before and legine as in say. Yeah. It's from ancient Greek prolegomenon as in that which has been said beforehand. Fun. 
from from a verb it became a noun which is interesting cool any any thoughts about that word how do you spell it <laughs> so it's p r o l e g o m e n o n prolegomenon which i think it, it's spelled exactly how you think it would be oh okay that's kind yeah. of interesting it's a good word so you know it is a good word i thought it was fishing for the beginning of this or this episode how would you use it in a sentence what we could say is that the trailer or that bonus episode was the prolegomenon to the show. Hmm. I think is my understanding of how this word works. That's word of the day. Mm-hmm. It's a word of the day. <laughs> so this episode is called The Beginning of an Era. We talked about the format in the bonus episode, but I kind of want to talk about how it got created. Yeah. So like I decided to create this podcast because I have a really annoying and incessant need to realize as many fucking projects as my debilitatingly ADHD mind decides <laughs> to like spawn. <laughs> Starting a podcast has been one on my mind for like a really long time, but it never really happened because I, I couldn't find anyone to do it with me. I didn't want to do a solo podcast. Yeah. ADHD, I wouldn't be able to commit to it. I need like people to like work with as like a creative partner for this kind of thing because I will get bored. It's not only like yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to like commit to, it's also like I will get Yeah. Yeah. That's also why I decided to make this show like alternating between Tay and I. Each of us gets a new experience. So before we decided to try this podcast out, I actually hadn't developed a clear idea of what the podcast was gonna be at all. I was just like, hey, I really want to start a podcast, but who can I do it with? Because I, with whom could I do it? (laughs) With whom could I do it? Nice correction. (laughs) In the spirit of intellectual elitism, I wouldn't have corrected you, but I would have stared disparagingly into your face into the camera. (laughs) I'm sorry. I think dangling participles are like widely acceptable now. Um, Thank you very much. That is true. Here on the Gifted Kid Complex, we are descriptivists and not prescriptivists about uh, linguistics. (laughs) I've had the conversation with a few friends and an ex before of like, hey, what if we do a podcast? And there were like ideas about it, but like... It never actually happened. But I was like, hey, you know what? Taya would be good for this. (laughs) I stream on Twitch, by the way. I am a musician and a variety gamer on Twitch. And Taya mods for me. Check her out on Twitch. Share is great on Twitch. Subscribe. Uh, C-H-3-R-R-R-R. Hey, we can't be out here plugging on Twitch on the podcast. <laughs> There's also a Gifted Kid Complex Twitch. Yeah, there is. I don't know if we're going to be using it, but it exists. Basically, what happened was Tay and I met. We became friends. I started streaming on Twitch. She started modding for me at the beginning of my streaming career. A couple months later, when I moved to London. Yeah. And she had been visiting London. She came to my stream. Um, like in person yeah we we had a really good time it was a really fun it was a really fun I loved it I think it was a great example of our content making dynamic that I was just like this is good this is good let's turn it into something well maybe maybe this is our hubris but you know we 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 are funny well no but (laughs) we we are hilarious we are so so funny we are so so incredibly funny (laughs) Yeah, no, I think the best thing was just like, I had a really good time with you on stream and I had never really been on Twitch before. And I was, you know, I was, you know, every time you kind of digital footprint, like you put your face and like whatever it is on the internet, you think to yourself, oh, okay, is this going to have repercussions? 
Um, but I'm an adult and I had a really good time. And she's yes. my good friend. We've been good friends for a surprisingly short amount of time for how close we are. Not even that long. Yeah. We met in a, a bar. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is like the, the worst story. <laughs> it, nothing to do with us being intellectual people. Yeah. I didn't know she was also an internet person. I didn't know she was also like a very academically minded person. We were just there for live music and vibes yeah and it just so happened that i bumped into her and then we just became friends we both knew who the act that was on stage so like my old music teacher was was on keys um and i think you knew the vocalist i i knew the band you knew the band so you were there and you were there on your own and we were the only other people in the bar that were like vaguely your age like me and my friends so that's true like there were other people with me yeah I don't talk to them at all. Like, I basically just ignored them to talk to Cher. <laughs> we, we just clicked really, yeah, really, we did. really well. It um, was really nice. It was like, you don't often like get on with someone from the get-go like that. So And in a bar. <laughs> in a bar. It I wasn't know. even a university bar. That's like the best part of it. Like, <laughs> it wasn't even. We were just in a bar. It was just a bar. Just some random, like, it was kind of seedy. But to be honest, all the best like bars are kind of seedy, so... Yeah, so like previous name ideas that we had, um, the immediate thing that Taya said was like, it can't be about the fact that we're yellow. And I was just like, I did not go there at all. (laughs) (laughs) That was never on my mind. I was a joke. I was joking. (laughs) I'm Cantonese. Taya's half Chinese. Half Chinese, half South Asian, because the mix in the South Asian is a whole can of worms. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, I think the... Uh, academically minded thing is is real. Yeah, truly. But it very much is part of my upbringing, and it was part of shares. And I think it was a it's a good podcast idea. The kind of content that I love combines lightly educational things, or like just straight up educational things, with like genuinely interesting, fun, like entertaining formats. And I wanted to make that for myself. Yeah. So here we are. Be the change you want to see in the world. That's a Gandhi quote. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Um, The tone of the show will be very satirical, very dry. I think you can already kind of see where it's going. This is just my sense of humor. Yeah, we've already made, like, how many sarcastic jokes have I made? I don't know. I haven't been counting. (laughs) All right, should we begin the game then? (gasps) A game. Okay, let's begin the game. The first game. Are you ready? We're gonna. This is truly the beginning of the podcast. I'm ready. So the first game that we're playing is Connect the Dots. Oh, okay. The game where we spot the connections. So today I will be presenting a list of things that might not seem related at first. The goal is to find the hidden connection, a common denominator between them. I'm ready. So I will be giving you three things and I can give you further clues if you need them as we proceed. Okay. So... This is your first round of clues. These are three separate things. The first thing, seven days. Okay. The second thing, five suns. As in suns like the star and not suns as in okay. male children. Yeah, 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 yeah. The final thing is an egg hatching a giant with an axe. An egg hatching a giant with an axe. Okay, so wait. The first one is seven days. Seven days. The second one is five suns. Yes. And the third is a thing hatching from an egg. A, a giant hatching from an yes, egg. Yes, a giant with an axe hatches out of an egg. 
Those are your three things. Okay, so uh Do you have any immediate like This is this is this is gonna be Association so the okay, the this is the worst thing because I've just done a module on like um sixteenth century Latin America when like the Spaniards Ooh. arrive. Um okay. and there was uh there's like an idea of like the cyclical notion of time. Okay. That they believed. Uh the the indigenous people believed. And so they believed that they were in the era of the fifth sun. Okay. Every kind of set number of years, the the apocalypse comes and the world is reborn. Yes. I have no idea if what I'm cooking is anywhere near the margin. You are really on the right track with this. Like, shockingly, you are on the right oh, track really? with this. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's basically like an apocalyptic kind of idea of like the fifth sun. Apocalypse is not the common denominator. Apocalypse is true of the five sun thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the five suns has an apocalyptic like factor. It's in it. not the common denominator, but you get the reference to five suns. You you clocked that. Oh, mm-hmm. so I'm on the money. Would you like your second round of clues, or do you think you you can keep like working on this? I'm thinking about like the the giant hatching out of the egg. Is that biblical? The giant hatching of the egg is not biblical. However, thinking about bibles preface this i don't know if david and goliath is actually biblical or not i think that it is but it is it is if i'm wrong please do correct me it is okay um it might be from a different uh, mm-hmm. piece of scripture maybe I-, I wasn't sure but i'm pretty sure i don't know what testament it's in either sorry but um yeah so giant with an axe hatching out of an egg is that giving like a game it is not a game you are on the right track thinking about scripture okay this is very much a cultural thing yeah no because i thought like if fifth son is like you know a kind of prophetic sort of dimension i'd Mm -hmm. it'll be more likely to be along a scripture route than it is along like a video game even though i'm not going to (laughs) eliminate any possibilities Sure, sure. Like you sure. know, like a video game character had to from like plants versus zombies or something. You know. So can you can you identify what culture the five sons thing is from? The first one that I I mean I guess that it's from like Aztec or Inca tradition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, am I right? You got that right, dude. No way. <laughs> That's so sick. <laughs> wow. This is incredible. You are doing this game so well. I haven't even given you my second round of clues yet. I was really worried while I was writing this. I was like, is this too vague? But no, you're right on the money. No, um, this is great because I've just done a class on it. Which so. I didn't know, by the way. <laughs> seven days. Seven days could be anything from like, I think it's a, I, if I'm going to guess like a ritual sort of element going on. Okay. What are, like, rituals that last seven days that I would know about? I don't know. I, I uh, cannot tell you that I can think of any on the spot. No, exactly. So, um... You can infer from that means that this is not not that, because I would be able to tell you once. <laughs> the most obvious is, like, the denomination of time. Yeah. But, like... Yes. Whether it has any significance. It definitely has significance. It, like, it, it's just a week, right? but it's more than a week i'm guessing you have the choice to pick from either the seven days thing or the egg with the giant with the axe thing to get your second clue oh okay this is a this is good so you only get one fast okay make a choice um give me the giant hatching from the egg 
All right. So the giant separates Yin from Yang with a swing of his giant axe. Oh, see, this is a myth I don't know. I don't know this myth. But that's that gives you that gives you a clue, right, as to what this is. This is Chinese. So seven weeks has to be not one of the two. Seven days. Seven days. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> the days thing is important. I'm just thinking about like, um, when did we historically decide that seven days was going to be a week? Mm. Oh, is this like the Adam and Eve, God made the world in seven days? Yes. Oh, let's go. <laughs> do you think, do you think you have the connection? Are these all like origin myths, like different cultural? Yes. These are all creation myths. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's quite apt, actually. It's pretty good. Creation myths for the creation of this podcast. Exactly. I'm glad you understand. I can't believe we got the Aztec one first try. That's kind of insane. Yeah. That would be the one that, like... I thought that one was going to be the most obscure. <laughs> it's the one I got. <laughs> I mean, because um, seven days could be anything, right? It's so vague, but... Seven days, it's light, firmament, continent, the sun and moon, creatures, mankind, and then day of rest. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that by heart, but... Um, I mean, I'm looking at my script. <laughs> I think the reason why I picked the giant with the axe is because I could think that I could probably guess what seven days was if I knew the other two. And I did. Right. I see. There's one Aztec myth. There's one other myth. So the other one has to be mythical in some way if they're all going to be scripture based. Mm -hmm. I, I love that you played my game so well. It's the Genesis creation myth. Yeah, so I'll tell you that my second round of clues were for the five suns was jaguar, wind, rain, water, and earthquake. Oh, the, the elements. Yeah. Cool. So those are the suns in order. Yes. So the jaguar sun. I'm not even going to pretend that I can even attempt to say like the actual pronunciations for these things, so I'm just going to do the English translations. If you spell it. I might be able to guess. N-A-H-U-I dash O-C-E-L-O-T-L. Oh. I'm showing you my thing so you can look at the spellings. Nahui, uh, I think it's ocelotl. I know about ocelots, like the like the cat. <laughs> From Minecraft. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I knew about them before Minecraft had them in them. Thank you very yep. much. I like I like wild cats. It's really interesting that... And this is a huge tangent, but it's really interesting that dogs and cats, like we only really have one species that are domesticated. Um, yeah. So all dog breeds are actually one species, which is insane to think that's about. Actually, that's genuinely insane to think about. Yes, the five suns. So in the first sun, inhabitants were giants who were devoured by jaguars. So the wind sun, the inhabitants were transformed into monkeys, and then the world was destroyed by hurricanes. Um, in the third sun, the rain sun, inhabitants were destroyed by rain of fire, and only birds survived. So this like, feels like a weird parallel to yeah. the big extinction, yeah. extinction event. I find it really fascinating to see when mythology kind of lines up with geological time, mm. um, especially with like flood myths, like that's a big mm. one um, that we all know, like definitely there was a big flood. Many cultures have their own flood myths, multiple flood myths per culture, actually. So um, it's interesting to kind of like... Mm, I think this is this is Nahui. So this is the Nahua people. So these this kind of pertains to Mexico 
um, that kind of area where they spoke Nahuatl. The languages elsewhere are different, and so I can't claim to say that this is also Inca founding mythology. It might not be. Um, but I'm guessing this is Aztec, like a Mexica um, indigenous mythology. That was my understanding when I was yeah. researching this. And I think the cycle is every 52 years that an extinction event like this occurs. That that is that is that's from my reading. Okay, so we have the water sun where it was flooded. Mm. Flood myth. Um, all the inhabitants were turned into fish. I could talk about fish all of fucking time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the fish thing. We have podcasts for that. Yeah, maybe I should write a whole fish episode. Fish episode. <laughs> fish episode. A couple escaped but were transformed into dogs. And the final, like the fifth son is the current one that we're in. Like the current humans are the inhabitants. Um, and if the gods are displeased, this world will be destroyed by earthquakes or one large earthquake which is kind yeah. of reminiscent of ragnarok <laughs> it is i think a lot of apocalyptic myths are really really interesting if you go into like your biblical scripture so like methodius pseudo methodius sorry um all of your other like weird kind of apocalypse apocalyptic myths um the idea of like earthquake is super interesting they do like faraway lands or people like, I think what's interesting about the final prophecy is that um, there's a lot of, like, negotiation among sources of, like, the period of, like, the Aztecs when they were invaded um, and conquered, um, that the uh, invaders were bringing about the end of the fifth sun, or they would bring perhaps an apocalyptic event. Sources, some, some of them claim this, some of them don't. Some of them claim that Hernan Cortes, which who is the kind of credited as the leader for conquering um, the Aztecs as a whole. Um, he was said to be like a god or be a reincarnation of a god, but we've now uncovered that that's probably not true because oh. all of the sources that mention it were written by Spanish accounts rather than indigenous accounts. Ah, uh, right. There's a, yes. there's a lot of like... Um, work that we need to do with sources as a whole to figure out like what actually like how did their myth change upon arrival of like you know the conquistadors a lot of celtic myths are kind of they're basically no primary sources yeah and we only have the writings of like the christian versions yeah. of them and i think norse mythology is similar yeah. or at least a lot of it has been christianized or seen through christian eyes yeah, turning some of them into Jesus figures, which is really funny. It's so interesting. Um, <laughs> syncretizing different mythologies leads to some interesting outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I correct me if I'm wrong, haha, which is one of the segments on the show. Correct me if I'm wrong. It might be Apollo, I think, that was equated to Ra. Oh, yes. Just because sun gods, but it might be an, it might be a previous sun god. It might not be Apollo, but I think it is Apollo. I think you're right. That's weird. That's that is weird. Very different guys. They are very different <laughs> guys. <laughs> Do you want to know more about the egg with the man? Sure. Yeah. This is one I don't know. I should know it. All right. So you may know this myth as Pangu. I have. It rings a bell. I don't think I've ever had it told. So again, very similar to many creation myths: universe, featureless, formless, primordial, empty, no like dimension, nothing, just nothingness. Yeah. 
which coalesced into a cosmic egg. And this number is really specific. Ooh. 18,000 years. And this number is going to keep coming up. This is when yin and yang became balance. Hangu, like, emerged or woke up from the egg. And to keep yin and yang separate, Pangu, like, stood between them and pushed up the sky. So this is kind of, like, mm. kind of atlasy. Yeah, it... it- Kind of atlasy. Yeah, kind of atlasy. But um, but instead of just holding up the sky, it's like literally pushing the sky and the earth away from each other. Hmm. If that makes sense. So yeah. the sky grew ten feet higher, the earth ten feet thicker, and Pangu ten feet taller per day for again eighteen thousand years. Wow. I could not tell you the significance of this number, but yeah. So after Pangu died. This is how the earth got created. So his breath became the wind, mist, and clouds. The voice became thunder. So that we, you know, we get a lot of myths where like thunder is a voice. Um, yeah. The left eye became the sun, and the right eye became the moon. The head were then the mountains and the extremes of the world. I'm not sure what that means, but that is the translation that I got. His blood and semen became rivers. Muscles became fertile land. Facial hair became the stars and the Milky Way. His fur, fur became like plants, basically bushes, forests, trees, huh. that kind of thing. His bones became the valuable minerals. The whole division of all the parts as well is so interesting. Yeah, like bones are the valuable minerals. Bone marrow became precious jewels, so it's embedded inside, and the muscles is the land. The sweat became rain, and the fleas on his fur. The fleas. <laughs> I did not find a specification as to like where the fleas came from bro didn't shower for eighteen thousand years <laughs> Eighteen thousand years that would do that to you <laughs> bro had hella fleas what eighteen thousand years without a shower does to it emma <laughs> you would have fleas too don't judge yeah no i'm not judging i'm just saying that it's it's bro's got fleas he's got little like friends. maybe we could have gotten him some dry shampoo <laughs> Petition to buy Pangu some dry shampoo. Yeah. Uh, but the fleas on his fur became the animals. <laughs> yeah, so that's the Pangu myth. And then you got the five sons. How did I get five sons? I don't know. That's like the one that I thought would be the hardest to get. Yeah. Because like, you would think that like with my East Asian, sorry, East Asian ancestry, that like I'd get Pangu. And then like, obviously the Genesis myth, we're all pretty familiar with in common knowledge. But yeah, the Judeo-Christian big thing yeah Yeah. it just so happens that uh, i did a course that i did it i just did an exam (laughs) on which i had no idea that's quite funny actually what what was your reaction when i was like oh is this like the aztec inca creation myth here's the thing i thought that maybe you might get it but i didn't think it would be the first one that came to your mind (laughs) the first thing that i thought of and i was like oh i might be wrong it might be a bit too like esoteric no. No, yeah, that was exactly right. <laughs> Were you surprised that it was right? Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, I'm right? Huh? There's like a shot in the dark. Yeah. For any history buffs out there, I would say like mythology is really, really fun to get into. And it's definitely part of history. And like written history is only very recent as well. Like what most yeah. of us writ- uh, oral tradition. Yeah, no, for sure. Most of it. <laughs> Aztec and Inca tradition in like was um I think Inca tradition is really interesting. So they kept records via this like system of knots. Ooh. They'd have like uh, a string and there would be strings and there'd be like they'd tie knots and that would give them all the information they'd need to know. Basically they would record what was sent where. 
So you gave me tribute. Okay, I'm going to give you some stuff in return. Here's how much wool we gave you. Right. I don't think they really traded in gold, but fabrics as well, feathers, shells. So it's one of those like unorthodox ways of documentation that kind of changes our idea of oral tradition. I love that. I wrote a game containing the myth and you just told me more about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you told me more about a myth than I was meant to know. Like you ended up telling me about the thing. Should we should we move on to our final game? Let's move on to the next game. Final game, final game. I don't know, you're still going to need knowledge for this. Yeah. We're going to do telepathy. Okay, cool. Basically, echinacea, but manual. Okay. So I can come up with anything in my head that can be described as a noun. Taya can ask me any questions that I can answer in like a yes, no, like truth value format. And she has to try and ascertain what it is in my head. Okay, is it is it a noun? It is a noun. It's always going to be a noun. It could be an abstract noun, but it's going to be a noun. Is it tangible? It is tangible. Can I touch it? You could touch it. Okay. Like, these are like opening questions. So like, is it tangible? I always feel like it's a great telepathy question because if it's not, oh, yeah. then it means I'm looking for a concept. Mm-hmm. Okay, is it like a book of some kind? You went real specific. <laughs> you went from is a corporeal <laughs> to is it a book? Because we've gone like creation myth. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> okay. Can you eat it? I'm thinking about like, because you said egg before. So I'm going off like what previously was said to like guess. You could technically eat it. I wouldn't recommend it. I think it would be a bad idea. Oh, God. Okay. But. It's possible, I guess. Okay, so we've gone with, is it corporeal? Is it sentient? It was sentient. Oh. What? <laughs> it used to be sentient. Now it is not. Have we gone birth and death with this? Oh my god. Yeah, so bro is dead now. <laughs> uh, my condolences. We're talking about dead person. Okay, so it was tangible. <laughs> it's not like like someone recently died <laughs> just like ooh, no is it like does it have a name like a like a, a name that like is ascribed to like a, a person in a way yes this person oh is so it's named. like my name taya is named something yes oh i know i'm aware that i just gave you that it is a person but like i, I just want to jump a few steps because you're gonna get there anyway. i know basically oh, i was basically guessing like it it was sentient and now it is dead yeah, so i'm it guessing a, it's a person it was a person and i was like I, the name question was clarifying. Like, I don't want to say, is it a person? Because, like... But, like, a horse could have a name. What is a person? What constitutes a person? Um, no, we're not going into that. Oh, no. That's, like, no, personhood is, like, a whole thing. Anyway, yeah, you've discerned that it's a person who is now dead. Hence that you could technically eat it, but I don't think you should. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's an awful like context. how do i answer <laughs> yes uh did they speak latin they did oh okay so we're, we're going into like scholastic tradition i guess did speak latin yes we're giving like scholastic tradition were they like a polymath this person did many things in many fields many academic fields okay um did they paint if they did I don't know that they did. This was not a big deal <laughs> if they were doing some watercolors or something. <laughs> did they win a Nobel Prize in anything? I don't think he... Oh, I just slipped a pronoun. Whoops. No, I believe not. Okay, so we've established that, they're, that they've conventionally been assigned the gender male by the society that they lived in. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Did he live at any time in the UK? Yes, he did. Okay. Shit. <laughs> the excitement in <laughs> Jenna like trying to narrow down some like fields, dates. I don't know. Yeah, uh 18th century? Yes, 18th century. Ooh, on the money, let's go. Okay, so... I, that's insane that you picked the right century, by the way. Oh, uh, no, it's it's not. Um, It's a thought process. So I'm going to guess that it's not kind of the 19th or 20th, because even though people did speak Latin, it was a lot more, like, kind of restricted to universities. Oh, that's true. I think also that the church in itself and that history was a lot more involved with scholastic tradition and sponsoring, um, like scholarship which is more likely to be in latin the uk complicates it because protestantism but i think still latin is the lingua franca my question is like from latin how did you guess being in the uk i wanted to narrow it down because if we're gonna go with like latin then it's gonna be most likely somewhere in europe yes so i'm gonna guess the smallest or like one of the less likely ones because high risk high reward right my suggestions you start narrowing down the fields that this person was in okay were they were they a philosopher they were a philosopher were they a, a political philosopher they were a political philosopher did other stuff as well but did stuff for political philosophy for sure i have a figure in mind but i don't want to be dumb i don't want to be wrong and then sound stupid <laughs> <laughs> he did contribute a lot to political philosophy but there were really big contributions in other places too so i don't want to say like he was a political philosopher because mm. like there are many other things that he did is he a part of ucl's history he is a part of ucl's history is it bentham <laughs> it is jeremy bentham <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had had him in mind for a while when he said yeah. 18th century and i was thinking it's probably bentham because ucl university college london in the student center there is a, there's Jeremy Bentham. Jeremy Bentham is in a glass box. It's embalmed body. Would you like to hear some of the will that um, was the reason that this happened? Yes. It's in the National Archives. So here. <clears throat> my body I give to my dear friend, Dr. Southwood Smith, to be disposed of in a manner here and after mentioned. And I direct ellipsis he will take my body under his charge and take the requisite and appropriate measures for the disposal and preservation of several parts of my bodily frame in the manner expressed in the paper annexed to this in my will at the top of which i have written auto icon the skeleton he will cause to be put together in such a manner as that the whole figure may be seated in a chair usually occupied by me when living <laughs> in the attitude in which i am sitting when engaged in thought in the time in the course of time employed in writing I direct that the body, thus prepared, shall be transferred to my executor. <laughs> he will cause the skeleton to be clad in one of my suits of black, occasionally worn by me. The body, so clothed together with the chair and the stuff in my later years, borne by me, he will take charge of, and for containing the whole apparatus, he will cause to be prepared an appropriate box or case to be engraved in conspicuous characters on a plate to be affixed thereon, and also on the labels of the glass... Um, cases in which the preparations of the soft parts of my body shall be contained. Great fit. I, I could go on, but I think that's enough of that. He was a special man. He for truly sure. was. I don't know anyone else who, when they die, they're like, yeah, all right, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a be uh, embalmed. He even right. gave them his wardrobe. Oh my god, he he had a post mortem fit check. Yeah. 
that kind of goes crazy. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> I specifically want to be sat in this chair in this suit with my cane. As he's pondering the things unbeknownst to him. Would you like to know more about Bentham? You know, this is like a loaded question. <laughs> Well, I will tell you anyway. Yes, please do. Go right. ahead. So he was born on the 4th of February in 1747. He's an English philosopher, jurist, and social reformer, regarded as the founder of modern utilitarianism. Yeah. So Bentham des- uh, defined like the fundamental axiom, which in quotes, it is the greatest happiness of the greatest number that is the measure of right and wrong. Yep. He was a political radical. You want to hear a list of things that he advocated for? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So this is going to be insane given like his time frame. Individual and economic freedoms, the separation of church and state, freedom of expression, equal rights for women, the right to divorce, and in an unpublished essay, the decriminalization of homosexual acts. Ooh. Banging. The abolition of slavery, capital punish, and physical punishment, animal rights, the extension of individual legal rights. He opposed the idea of natural law. So he was very against legal fiction. You guys might no bentham is the guy who came up with the panopticon yeah so that's that prison system like the idea of surveillance so like there's like a guard tower in the middle and there's like all them cells around in a circle so the idea is that the inmates never know whether they are being surveilled so they will act as if they are yeah so his ideas like all of those like political ideas like contributed to the foundation of ucl in 1826 it was the first institution in england to admit students regardless of race class religion and the first to also welcome women on equal terms with men Yay. yeah apparently a child prodigy as a toddler um he was found sitting at his father's desk reading a multi-volume history of england absolute legend which is insane <laughs> He started learning Latin at um, age three. Latin at age three is... Yeah, that's crazy. He he played violin. Good for him. He went to Westminster. Oh. And at age 12, he went to Queen's College, Oxford. What? Where he completed his Stop. bachelor's. That's actually foul. <laughs> okay, no hate to Queen's College. We love Queen's. He completed his bachelor's four years later and then got an MA three years after that. Yeah, no, imagine just like you're an undergraduate going into your exam and then you see like a 12-year-old child in like the full robes that you have to wear. (laughs) And he goes in and you're like, who the hell is that? And then he like finishes top of the year and then you feel terrible about yourself. And he he became like, you know, qualified to practice law, but he did not do it. He just like went on to do a lot of stuff in the terms of like the legal field, but not practice law. Okay. Yeah. And Amazing, Jeremy Bentham. I thought, like, as a good way to start the show, right? I talk about the auto icon of my university. Talk about creation myths. <laughs> that is good. I like it. I I had Bentham in mind in like the last three questions that I asked. Oh yeah, I could have really thrown a curveball and been like, actually, we're talking about Mill, <laughs> <laughs> who would have passed very yeah. similar questions. He probably would have actually. I think all the questions you asked it would have been the same answers. Um, wow. The mill. But no, of course I did Bentham. I obviously wanted to pay homage. He's the original gifted kid. Holy shit, he's a gifted kid. Hold on, I didn't even make that, I didn't even think about it that way, but yeah. So thank you, thank you Jeremy Bentham for inspiring this uh, episode. Rest in peace, legend. See you in the UCL Student Centre when we get back thank you for listening to the gifted kid complex if you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast and would like to support us a very simple way to do so is to let people know that we're here um subscribe 
or follow, however you do, so you can come back every week and rate and review us so others can find us too. We always appreciate hearing anything you, our listeners, have to say. It's always really, really lovely to hear good things about what you're making um, and to know what your audience would like to see in the future. If you are able to, we also have a Kofi if you'd like to send us a tip. By the way, you can also send us messages there. Let us know what you think. Um, it's linked in our show notes alongside any references, sources uh, to topics we discussed today if you want any further reading. Um, the spirit of further reading is very much this the spirit of this podcast. Truly. Um, hopefully yes. we'll gain enough traction and support to be able to make more exclusive content for our lovely supporters one day too. And if that piques your interest, you know where to go. The Gifted Kid Complex is created and managed by me, Cher C, and both Tay and I host, write, produce, and edit for the show. We record our episodes on Riverside.fm, published with RSS.com. So thank you to them for helping us in making The Gifted Kid Complex exist. And finally, thank you to you, our listeners, because you are the reason we can and do make The Gifted Good Complex. We have so much fun with it, and we hope you love it too. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. It uh, means the world, and see you next week for another episode. Actually, we're releasing two other episodes alongside with this one. You can immediately listen to two other episodes. You can immediately listen to other ones, so go listen to two other ones. <laughs> the next episode after this will be hosted by Taya. <gasps> it's going to be my episode. Stay tuned. Different flavor. Really exciting. Thank you so much for listening. Woo! Woo!